0: Well, glory! Good to see you all this morning. You are loved. I hope you know that. Luke chapter 5 this morning as we continue our series in the Gospel of Luke. Looking at it from the standpoint of serving the Lord. I believe that 2020 is the year that God really wants us as a church to concentrate on What does it mean to be a servant of the Lord? How do we learn to serve the Lord? What is serving the Lord? So it's all going to surround that context this morning. And a couple weeks ago, we looked at a verse from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 26, where Jesus says, if anyone wants to serve me, they must follow me. And where I am there my servant will be also. So we talked about the fact that you cannot separate serving Jesus from being a faithful, devoted follower of Jesus and then realizing that it's not about me always trying to get Jesus on board with my ideas and my plans, but it's about seeing where Jesus is and being where he is and being a part of what he's already doing and where he's already working. So, with that said, I want us to actually start at the end of the chapter, chapter five this morning, beginning at verse 36, and then we'll go back and pick it up at the beginning and flow through the chapter this morning. And the reason I want to start at the end is because of this parable that Jesus gave his followers at the end that really ties the whole chapter together. Notice beginning in chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus says, He told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment, sews it on an old garment. If he does, he will have torn the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. No one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. Instead, new wine must be put into new wine skins. No one after drinking and in the original, it's continually drinking old wine once the new, the more recent, the, the fresh, if you will. For he says, the old is good enough. I, I want you to keep that phrase in your mind. The old is good enough. This was probably the, the chief problem with the, the Jews of Jesus' day, is that for them... The old's good enough. What, we, what we've already experienced, what we already have, we can make do with that. We don't need to go any further. We don't need to advance anymore. What Jesus is offering us, you know, it, it might be different, but we don't need to engage with it. We're, we're good with what we've got. And the reason why Jesus is sort of teaching us about this mentality and warning us about this mentality is that apathy And indifference sets in when we don't keep our walk with God current. When, when it's not up to date, when, when it's always about what God has done and what he did in the past and all of that, and, and we're always sort of living in the past spiritually, and we're not living in the moment. We're, we're not living where he is right here and now, and we're not continuing to grow so that we can have new experiences and fresh experiences and up-to-date, current experiences with, with God, you see. Good enough... If that's our attitude, in other words, for for some, it may be like, well, how I've grown and to the point I've grown right now, that's good enough. I just sort of want to now just put it on cruise control and just you know settle in for the rest of, of my life. And where I'm at, it it's good. I'm not gonna, you know, push to keep to keep growing and 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 put myself in a position where I can you know be stretched a little bit and all that. It's good enough. The problem with that mentality is good enough. Getting along with where I am right now is never going to allow you and I to reach our potential for who God created us to be. And it is never going to put us in a position where we are being prepared for what God knows is coming down the road. See, we may not know what's coming, but God knows what's coming. And God wants to continue to keep our relationship and our service and our walk and all of that close and and, and current and up-to-date and all of that. First of all, let's look at preparation. God knows the future. We don't. And God is saying, you've you got to keep walking with me and following me and serving me because otherwise you won't be in a position spiritually where you can handle, where you can navigate what's coming a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, thirty years from now. You've got to stay current. Let me give you an example of that from the Bible. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, kept trying to get his disciples to buy into the fact that you've got to stay with me and stay up with me and watch and pray otherwise I know what's coming and you know what's coming my arrest is coming my betrayal my, my crucifixion all of this is coming and and I'm going to be you're, you're going to see me literally taken from you and and if you don't prepare yourselves and allow God to prepare you spiritually, you're not going to be able to handle what's coming. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be uh, forsaken. I'm going to be denied by one of you. All of you are going to just take off and run if you don't allow God to prepare you. And we know what happened. The Bible says that when he came back, he didn't find them watching and praying and allowing God to prepare them. They were all asleep. It was like, you know what? We're not going to push ourselves. We've been through a lot. I know what Jesus is saying, but we're, we're good enough, right? And we know they weren't. We know they weren't ready for the hours that were coming in their life. So that's one of the reasons why you and I need to continue to follow Jesus and serve and grow and all Is because of preparation, but again, also potential. God has placed potential in all of us. And God says, the only way you're going to reach your God-given potential and who I created you to be is if you continue throughout your earthly life to follow me and to serve me and to grow and to keep your relationship with me current, up-to-date, fresh, and new. So with that said, I want us to go back now to the beginning of the chapter to Luke chapter 5. And I want us to see some things out of this chapter that really reinforces that principle that Jesus shared at the end about the new and the old not being compatible. And it's really all about never feeling like it's good enough to where we've come from from or what we've experienced, but I've, I've got to experience something new. That was certainly true in the call of his disciples beginning in chapter 5, the first 11 verses. And I'm not going to go through the entire story But but Jesus, even though he was teaching the crowds from the boat, who he was really focused on was Peter and his friends, the fishermen. He he wanted them to have a a new experience with him that was going to grow them and get them a little bit further along. Follow along as I read the first few verses. Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the crowd was pressing around him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, asked him to put a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. Now notice, when he finished speaking, who does he zero in on? Who he focus on? Simon. And he says to Simon, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but at your word, I will lower the nets. And if you know the story, Peter says, okay, uh, you know, we're fishermen. You're not. You're a carpenter from Nazareth, but we'll, we'll listen to you. And they go out and they catch so many fish that they can't even contain it into the boats And and Simon realizes he's in the presence of one much greater than himself, and he he falls at the feet of Jesus and says, you know, please depart from me. I I realize I'm a sinful man. We're going to pick it up there in just a moment, but here's what I want you to go back and see. When you and I are willing to follow Jesus and listen to him and serve him and be open to what God wants to do in our life, we will experience new experiences. In verse 4, Jesus says, put out into the deep water. Jesus is in a sense saying, leave the shore behind and come out a little bit further. That's what he really wants from Simon and the disciples. And it's, it's physical, yes, but it's also spiritual. Spiritual. And, and it's real, but it's, there's also an illustration and a figure here. It, it, it's like Jesus is illustrating by using a physical thing that's happening is, you guys right now are fishermen, and you're comfortable right now on the shore. And like many Christians even today, we get to the point where we've accepted Christ as our Savior, But you know what? We've sort of gotten used to things being a little comfortable here on the shore and we're not willing to go out any further. We're not willing to leave the shore behind and our little comfort zone and get out there into the deep water. But Jesus wants them to get out into the very depths of that that lake because it's at the depths of the lake that they're going to experience something that they could never experience were they closer to shore or on the shore. And God is doing the same thing in our life all the time. We may not be on a lake, and we may not be fishermen fishing, but the same principle is true. He's saying to all of us, stop standing on the shore. You've been standing there on the shore long enough, looking out into all that water ahead of you it's now time to leave the shore behind and let's go out a little bit further because I have new experiences for you to experience so that you will understand me a little bit better and come to appreciate who I really am and you'll begin to see the potential that you have in you that I placed there when I created you and I saved you. And the only way to find that out is to get away from the shore and come further out. New experiences, new experiences. Well, after that, verse 9, Peter and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's business partners. So then Jesus says to Simon, do not be afraid. Why? Because God has things for us that fear will paralyze us from and keep us from. And in a sense, this word means don't run away, don't shrink from what I have for you. Because not only when we follow God and serve him will we have new experiences like getting off the shore and coming further out to the deep, we also will experience new purposes for our life and in our life, which is exactly what Jesus had for these fellows. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. It's not that they'd stopped totally being fishermen. It's just now they had a new purpose in life. They, they could wake up every day with not only realizing that they could catch fish, but now they could go after catching people as well and, and bringing people into the kingdom and letting God use them to imprint, impact, and influence everyone around them for, for his glory and, and for his sake. It's a renewed purpose. But But Jesus is saying to them, you can't be afraid if you're going to do it. Because so many Christians it's like when we stop keeping our relationship with God current, fresh, up to date, when we the old is good enough, then fear can begin to set in and and all of these other things that can paralyze us from continuing to move on and not only experience the new experiences that Jesus wants us to have in order to keep growing and reaching our potential and preparing us for what's in the future, but it gives us purpose and we miss out on those great purposes and seasons of ministry and, and times where we're growing and others are growing because of us when we don't continue to Go after the new. The old's good enough. So Jesus is calling us not only to follow him, but to serve him so that these new experiences that he wants us to experience we'll embrace, we'll get off the shore, and we'll go out further into the deep. And I don't know what that means for you, but I sure hope that you consider that and pray over that. Because every last one of us in this room can sometimes be too close to shore, Maybe maybe we've even gotten into the water, but we've sort of like got one foot on the shore and one foot in the water. And Jesus like, come on. Get all the way out. And then, some of you here, the reason why you haven't stepped forward and stepped out and stood up and, and be, began to really allow God to, to use you to, to serve him in his kingdom, is because you're afraid. You're shrinking back from all that God has for you. You're being paralyzed by fear. Or maybe even like Jonah in a way, you're running away. You're going, God, that's what you got for me. I'm headed the other way. You know. And the reason I can speak about this so well, because I've done it in my life. I've been there. When God said, this is what I've got coming, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, you know. I'm running. I'm shrinking back instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to step forward in your power and your grace and in the resources you're going to give me because I know none of our adequacy is never enough, but his adequacy is. Amen. And he makes us adequate for what he's calling us out to do. And he's saying to each of us today, Stop being afraid stop living your Christian life with me in fear stop letting your fears keep you from being all that I created you to be get off the shore and come out into the deep water and notice in verse 11 when they had brought their boats to shore they left everything and followed him they became a full-time disciple of Jesus Christ and I want to point this out before we move on The phrase they left everything means they let go of some things or whatever was going to hold them back from continuing to follow and serve Jesus. And that may be where some of us are today too. I can't, I can't embrace or hold in my hands what God has for me because I got too much other stuff in my life and in my hands. I've got to, like the disciples, if I'm going to continue to follow and serve and fulfill my purpose on this earth, sometimes I got to let go of some things in my life in order, to, in order to embrace and grab a hold of what God has for me. And I've got to get to a place where I realize as I'm following him and serving him that whatever he's offering me is better than what I've already got in my arms. So I'm going to let go of that because that's not as good as what Jesus has for me. Amen. You see. And that's where the disciples were. That's why it's like, wow, how definitive was that? They let go of it and said, okay, we're following you, Jesus. Well, that meant I might have to leave some things and some people and all that... Yeah, but but whatever you've got for me, whatever you're calling me out to do, it's gonna be better than whatever I've got already, so I'm following. I'm following. <laughs> These are all things though we miss if the old is good enough. Then I'm just gonna keep on like the Jews holding on to that old testament sacrificial system, even though here's Jesus, the Lamb of God, that's willing to take away their sin, they'd never have to, you know, go through all that again. And what Jesus is offering them, they're like, no, no, we don't want that. We want, we want the old. The old good. We'll just, we'll just keep going to the temple and sacrificing the... Sa-. And finally God said, fine, I'm going to have the Romans destroy the temple. Now what are you going to do? You see. Let's move on. Next, Jesus meets a leper. And this isn't just any leper. Notice the Bible says in verse 12, this poor man was covered with leprosy. He would have been even physically, visually sort of reprehensible to to us. It, It would not have been a pretty sight, okay? Not only that, not only is Jesus willing to interact and deal with this man in his life and in his ministry, Notice it says, when he saw Jesus, he bowed down with his face to the ground, begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In other words, Lord, I don't doubt your ability. You are the almighty God. I believe there was faith here. He's like, I know, Jesus, that if you say the word, you can heal me. The only question I have is maybe that's not part of your will. So he stretched out his hand, Jesus, and notice, and touched him. Folks, we don't realize how powerful the touch of Jesus upon this man was. You see, this man probably had not been touched since he contracted leprosy. Nobody was going to touch this man, okay? Second of all, even in that spiritual or religious sense, if you as a Jew touched someone with leprosy, you became unclean yourself. So notice Jesus, the Son of God, is saying, I'm willing to become unclean for you. And I want you to feel my touch upon your body. I want you to feel the touch of God upon you. I want you to know that you can experience a fresh touch of the Lord today. And when the Lord touches us, he exerts such influence upon us that it profits and benefits us for the rest of our life. And may I say today, God wants to touch you all here today. Amen. He wants you to, in a sense, experience not just a physical touch from him. He wants you to experience a spiritual touch of the Lord. And, and it's a touch that only the Lord can do. And when the Lord touches your life and we allow him to touch us, we are never the same again. And God can touch us throughout our lives. It's not a one and done. He only touches us once. He'll come back as many times as it is needful in our life and we can experience a fresh touch with God. A fresh touch of God, And God wants to do that, I believe, with some folks here today who maybe it's been days, weeks, months, or years since you've experienced a fresh touch from the Lord. And again, that's why it's so important that we never get to the place where the old is good enough. Because if the old is good enough and we will get by with just what we have already, then we stop experiencing the fresh touches that the Lord wants to give us. God wants to come into this room today and he wants to touch your life he wants to touch your mind and your heart and your body he wants to exert such influence upon you by his touch that it provides great benefit and great profit for our lives that's what he did to this man yes we learn that he goes on and he heals this man of of his leprosy but I think the first impression this man had even before he was healed was the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was willing to stretch out his hand and touch him. And I'm telling you today, Jesus Christ is here today in this auditorium, and he is stretching and reaching out his hand, saying, I want to touch you. I want to provide you a touch from me directly. I want you to experience me on a level that maybe you never have or it's been a long time since you experienced a touch from God. Then look at verse 17. On one of those days while he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting nearby who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Well, if you're familiar at all with the Bible, because this story is contained all four Gospels, you know the story of the friends who carry the man who can't get to Jesus himself, and they lower him down through the roof, and Jesus comes and uh, eventually heals him, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the point I want to make is this. Notice in verse 17, the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And that means that it was always with Jesus. Continually, the supernatural power of God was always with Jesus to be able to heal people. Jesus is the great physician. And and he can heal us physically, he can heal us emotionally, and he can heal us spiritually. And when you and I are willing to not be satisfied with the good enough and to just keep navigating life with where we already are and with what we've already got and to make do with what we've got and we determine I'm going to follow the Lord, I'm going to serve him, I'm going to have new experiences, I'm going to have a new purpose, I'm going to have fresh touches from God and here's the next thing that comes. When you and I are willing to live that way, we will experience his healing in our life. And we can even be a conduit and an encouragement to others that God's power is always available to heal. Some of you today, you need to come to God's house believing that God can heal you physically. Because he can. Now, like the leper, maybe that's not part of his will now, Maybe it's a timing thing, later on, whatever, but you've got to believe that God, the only thing is, it's not a matter of he's not able (laughs) because with God, all things are possible. It's just, it may be he has something better just as he did with Paul. We talked about that Wednesday night where Paul had that thorn in his flesh. He prayed three times for God to take it away. And God said, no, it's better for you if you keep the thorn, but I will give you my grace and my supernatural grace will be sufficient for you to be able to deal with that thorn for the rest of your life. One of two ways it's going to happen, but God's still, in a sense, going to provide his healing. He's either going to take away the physical ailment or illness or infirmity, and all he's going to have to do is speak a word, or he's going to give you his supernatural grace. Either way, you're experiencing a healing there. And second of all, some of you here today, you need to be healed emotionally. You have a lot going on in your mind and in your heart that needs healed, that needs made whole. And you need to know that Jesus is here today to bring healing into your life, to get you to a better place mentally and and spiritually because emotionally, you're carrying around stuff that God never intended for a human being to carry around. And you're still dealing and holding on to a a lot of stuff that just emotionally wears on you and wears you out. And Jesus is saying to you today, to me today, I have the power to heal you. Let me heal you. And then spiritually. There may be some here today that truly need healing spiritually. Somewhere along the line, whether it was in your own walk with the Lord or with other Christians or at a church or something, you have been wounded, you have been hurt. You've experienced something that wounded you. And you still are being defined by it, distracted by it. You're you're not able to truly leave the shore and step out into the deep, And God has wonderful things, but you've got to let God heal you from that so that you can begin to truly experience all that God has for you. You've got to move past that, see? And the only way we can is when we allow God to heal us. And he's here today to do that. Will you let the Lord heal you today and make you whole? And then... The Bible goes on to say that Jesus, in verse 20, saw the faith of these other friends, which let me just stop and say, it's good to have friends that bring us to Jesus. (laughs) They didn't have the answer, but they knew who did, and they brought this man to Jesus. And so the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, their trust and confidence in him, he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Well, the experts in the law, you know, all these religious grand poobahs and stuff. They start saying, who is this man that's uttering blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Exactly. (laughs) And when Jesus perceived their hostile thoughts, he said to them, why are you raising objections within yourselves? Which means Jesus even knew what they were thinking, even though they weren't saying it, which also proves that he was God. Which is it easier to say, your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up, take your stretcher, and go home. And immediately the man stood up before them, picked up his stretcher that he'd been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Amen. Let me talk first of all about the forgiveness of sins. When you and I again are willing to follow the Lord, keep our relationship current, and begin serving the Lord and getting off the shore and getting out into the deep, not only will we experience the healing of the Lord, but we will experience that that realization of his forgiveness. Because we know that Jesus and Jesus alone... Has authority, has the right and the ability to be able to forgive sins. And folks, when God forgives us of our sins, we don't have to go through some kind of penance program. We don't have to end up in a place like purgatory and somehow work off our sins. No, all we have to do is come before the Lord and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And in that moment, all of our sin is forever forgiven, gone, done. (laughs) That's the authority that Jesus Christ and he alone has. He can wipe out all of our sins, all the record of our sins. Everything we've ever done, everything we're doing, everything we will do in one fell swoop, Jesus, the son of man, has the authority on earth to forgive sin. And Jesus wants you and I to know today that he has that authority and that all you have to do is receive his forgiveness. Receive it because he has the authority to wipe it out. Don't go out of this room today with those sins and the guilt and the shame and all of that still hanging on you. Let the authority that the Son of Man has come in and speak into your life and say, child, you are forgiven forever. Amen. By the way, when you and I follow the Lord and serve him and good is not enough, the old is not good enough, God can also use our lives to help others to realize he has the power to touch. He has the power to heal. He has the authority to forgive sins. He, what God wants to do in us, then he will start doing even through us and be able to touch other people's lives as well. That's why he calls us to not only follow him, but to serve him, so that he can use our life not only for us to realize these things, but so others through us can realize these things. And as we follow and serve the Lord, there will also be a renewed realization of our own worth and value to God. I want you to see this in the call of Levi here in verse 27. After these things, the Bible says, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth and says, follow me. And he said to him, follow me. And so Levi got up and followed him, leaving again everything behind, letting go of everything. Now, again, you and I can't appreciate this, but tax collectors, well, I guess so, because tax people really aren't like today either, I guess. But. And that day, especially for a Jew tax collectors were just looked at as part of the roman system and 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 they were just hated they were just hated and here's jesus the son of god who not only is displaying no hatred or animosity or anything towards this levi because of his profession but he actually stops and notices levi And the word saw Levi there means more than just physical sight. It means he had regard for Levi. That by stopping and interacting with him, what he was showing as the son of God was, you are worth something to me. You are of great value to me, even though no one else may care about you. Maybe no one else ever sees your potential. Maybe no one else will stop and talk to you in a kind manner today. But I want you to know something, Levi. You matter to me, which means you matter to God. Amen. And when you and I walk with God and serve God, we will begin to realize just how valuable, how, how much worth we are to God. We will begin to realize more and more as we go through life how much each of us as individually, uh, personally, how much we matter to God, that God takes the time for all of us and meets us right where we, we are. And even today in this auditorium, even though we're collected here and we're gathered here as a group, God is going down every row in this auditorium and he is saying to all of us personally, you matter to me. You are of great worth and value to me. And even though you may have been, have been ignored this past week, maybe nobody really saw you this past week at work or in your home or at school or in your community. Maybe nobody heard you this past week and you are looking for somebody to see you and hear you and pay attention to you and care about you and love you enough to stop and interact with you. Jesus says, I'm willing to do that. because I will always have regard for you because you are one of my special and unique creations. I knit you together when you were in your mother's womb. I cared about you and had a plan and purpose for your life even before you started to breathe on this earth. I I had a a plan and a design for you even before the foundation of the world. I brought you into this world. I want you to spend eternity with me. I have a wonderful uh, place for you in my kingdom. Won't you open up your life and embrace me? because you matter to me. And when we begin to receive the love of God, it is transformative. There's nothing like it. There's no other love like the love of God. We'll never be the same again when you let the love of God flow into your hearts. See, these are the things that you and I will miss, I mean, really miss out on, if the old is good enough. (laughs) It's only when we are willing to, as Jesus says, if anyone wants to serve me, they got to follow me. And where I am, that's where you'll find my servants. When we live that way, we're going to have new experiences. We're going to have renewed purposes in our life, throughout our life. We're going to experience fresh touches. We're going to realize his healing. We're going to realize his forgiveness. We're going to realize our value and worth. It's all going to continue to grow in our life, and then God's going to use our life to show others the same thing that we're discovering in our life as well as we continue to follow the Lord and serve him. So I want to take you back to verse 24, though, for a moment this morning. If there's a verse today that I I want us to zero in on, It's the end especially of this verse. Jesus said to the crowd who was there doubting that he had authority to be able to forgive sins. He says, okay, I'll provide a physical healing immediately so that you will see that if I have the power to do that, that that also will then confirm and and show you that I also am who I said I am and that I have the authority to be able to forgive this man's sins so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, and I want you to focus on these words, I tell you, stand up, take your stretcher, and go home. Why do I want us to end by focusing on this phrase out of this verse? Because it all ties in with everything in this chapter we've been talking about. See, first of all, Jesus is saying to all of us, Stand up. In a sense, come away from the shore. It's time to arise. It's time to step forward. It's time to get into the, to the game. It's time to stop being a spectator and being on the sidelines. It's time to stand up. Amen. And then he says, oh, take that stretcher. <laughs> that you've been relying on and carry that instead of being carried by it. What's Jesus saying to us? He says, well, when we realize who we are and what we are in Jesus Christ and only in him, all those, and I'm going to use a different form, all those crutches that we've been using throughout our life to try to navigate life and get through life, we can lay aside now. We don't need those crutches anymore. We don't need those coping mechanisms of the world anymore to be able to cope with life and navigate life and live life on earth. We can lay those stretchers aside now. And God wants us to do that right now. Some of you have come here, and even as a Christian, you've got all these crutches around you. These these safety valves, these these things that make you feel comfortable rather than just totally relying and depending and trusting in the Lord. And the Lord is saying to you today, stand up, and instead of letting you continue to be carried by that coping mechanism and that stretcher of yours, of your own making, and and that, that crutch that you've been leaning on for days or weeks or months or years, take it and go home. And stop relying on anything and everything else in your life except me, because I'm enough. I'm enough. And when you and I truly begin to follow the Lord and serve him, we realize he's, that's how twice in this chapter we see that whether it was Levi or whether it was the fishermen like Peter, they just left everything. They let go of everything and followed Jesus. How did they get there? Simply because it's like, well, Whatever I'm holding on to, it's not what Jesus can offer me. So I'm I'm just going to let go of my stretcher. I'm just going to let go of that, and and I'm just going to follow you, Jesus, and trust you like I never have before. That's what Jesus wants to do here today. Because some of you have been lying on a stretcher, and it's time to get off the stretcher and rise up and stand up and start walking with Jesus relying on him like never before. Well, speaking of standing up, would you stand with me? Lord, I'm going to ask today that, God, you would meet with us, your people, in a special way, that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place and that we would literally, literally feel the weight of your presence, Lord, here this morning. That we, were, we would realize, Lord, you are here to love on us, but you are also here, God, to, to teach us, to encourage us, to shape us, to mold us, to call us out from continuing to live life on the shore and to go out further with you. to let go of our fears that paralyze us and to find new experiences and new purposes and fresh touches and and fresh healings and, and, and fresh forgiveness and even fresh worth and value for ourselves and for others, Lord, through that. Lord, we can't do it without you. (laughs) Everything that happened in this chapter we looked at today was only because Jesus was at the very center of everything that was going on. But Lord, I pray today that each of us in our own way and with whatever we're dealing with and whatever we need to do, God, that we would, as you would said to the, the man that was brought in on a stretcher, it's time to stand. It's time to take that stretcher and walk home. And leave this place different than when we walked in. And let the Lord come in and do what only the Lord can do. Let's open ourselves up to the Lord this morning. As a church and as individuals. And let's declare that we will follow him and serve him today.